Thank you, Father. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for all the gracious gifts Thy love bestows, and whatsoever ill we suffer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Teach us submission to Thy holy will. Forgive us our transgressions for His sake, who is the perpetuation for our sins. With hearts softened by Thy boundless mercy, May we forgive all who have offended against us. For everyone whom we should remember before thy throne of grace, we beg the special blessings needed. Advance the interests of thy kingdom throughout the world. By the Holy Spirit, prompt and enable us to be workers together with thee for the salvation of all men. Make those in authority over us to be capable and honest. And may we honor them as ruling by thy ordinances. Pity all who are in, in adversity. May Christ so dwell in our hearts that we shall seek to minister rather than to be ministered unto. For our tasks make us sufficient and for our burdens strong. And when thou art ready for us, call us home, O Father, to the joy of thy eternal presence. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, um, I think we're starting a new series. And so this is part one of who are we and what are we here for? <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. I should know when I'm struggling and God is going to come out with something <laughs> unusual. Okay. So who are we and what are we here for? Church, which is the body of Christ, the bride that Jesus' second coming is to rescue us before he judges the earth. This is who we are, okay? Do we give a sigh of relief because we know we will be raptured up, or do we be about the Father's business? Because we are here on a mission. So I'm going to start out by reading the scripture and I'm going to read first Isaiah 52 verses 7 7 through 10 and I think I'm going to read it out of, out of it's, it's still King James but it's an expository Bible so actually um, the um, author of this also gives you interpretation because it is King James so Isaiah 52, and everyone is familiar with these verses, 52 verses 7 through 10. And it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good, good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, who say unto Zion, your God reigns. Now we all know Zion means 
covenant people, which are the Jews first. We inherited the covenant through him, okay? Now, I, like I said, everybody is familiar with this scripture and, and including myself, really kind of thought that it was talking about us, how beautiful are our feet, but it isn't, okay? But, but I want you to hear this and then I'm gonna talk about what our responsibilities are. So I'm gonna read that verse again. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, who says unto Zion, your God reign. Now, actually, <laughs> this verse is so good and so powerful, you should have been shouting. Because the, the, the feet that is so beautiful is the Messiah. He's the one who came to, uh, to also to tell us about the gospel of the good news. Okay? Um, who comes to bring us information that will allow us to be free because he comes bringing good tidings and to publish peace and salvation. Amen. 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 So that's why we should have been rejoicing when we heard, heard that scripture because then we understand who we are and why we are and whose we are. Amen. Because if we don't understand that, then we live our lives in vain. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to read on to, I get to verse 10. I may go further. I don't know. Okay. 8 says, your watchmen shall lift up the voice with the voice together. Shall they sing? For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Okay. So, uh, the uh, Gnosis says, the evidence is during the Battle of Armageddon, watchmen will be stationed at particular points in Jerusalem. Remember, we're talking about covenant people. The Jews are God's covenant people, will always be, and he's coming back for a people. And so it's important for us to understand that based on what we're hearing is going on right now in Israel, but how people are uh, uh, reporting this as if the Israelites, the Jews, were wicked and wrong. When you need to understand from the very beginning with Babylon and everything, everyone else, they have always tried to destroy Jerusalem. Now the question should be, why? Why? They are people just like all other people. So what could they have possibly done to want to be destroyed? It's an antichrist spirit because Satan knows that they are God's chosen people and through them come the rest of the world. And the promises that God has for all people come through them. They want to destroy 
God. They think they can destroy God, so they try to destroy Christianity, which is the hope of Jesus coming. Amen? And so that's why he's saying that there's, there's going to be watchmen, and, and, you're, and you're going to see because they're going to find out that they will not be able to, to destroy Israel. People are going to die just like now. They're sending bombs over there. But people are going to die. That's going to be a given. But they will not be able to destroy Amen. the covenant. Amen. Okay. And he continued to say, as they see him coming, these watchmen will proclaim his coming with gladness of heart and a cry of triumph. It will not be a portion, but rather a coming, coming visible to all, even eye to eye with the watchmen. In other words, you will be able to see for the first time. Your eyes are going to be completely open for the first time. You see, when Jesus first came, they didn't believe him, the Jews, and they didn't receive him as their Messiah. So God is so, so gracious that he's giving them an opportunity. But let me tell you, before the time comes, when, when the second coming of Jesus, God has given them the opportunity before then, but what are we doing about it? Rather than getting in the bed with, with the news, who want to tear down Israel, we as believers, inheritance of the covenant through the Jews, need to be about the business spreading the good news to them. Amen. So verse 9 says, Break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The, the writer says, the struggle has always been between Satan's city, Babylon, and God's city, Jerusalem. However, Babylon is now destroyed and Jerusalem is redeemed from the hands of the, in, of the enemy. Never again to fall into such a state. Do y'all hear that? Yeah. Regardless to what we're hearing today, Amen. it will take place at the second coming. You can't destroy what God declares right and has given a promise. See, when God gives a promise, he does not renege on that promise because you are reneging. Amen? It's going to come to place regardless to what we see and what we hear that's going on in our world that the spirit of Antichrist is so heavy, so strong right now on the earth that should let you know that the second coming is near. It says, verse 10, the Lord has made bare his holy arm and the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It says, this speaks of the coming of the Lord with the Antichrist being defeated and defeated before the entirety of the world. See, though the Antichrist is on the earth right now, if he is going to be, that spirit is going to be defeated. Can nothing come up against our God. Amen. Amen. So that's why we should be on a mission. Okay, now I'm going to read the scripture that gives us the complete 
direction and instructions on what we should be doing. Amen? Matthew 28 is really the Great Commission, and I think a lot of people are familiar with that. And so, beginning with verse 18, we all know right now that Jesus is speaking because it's in red, okay? And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. That power is authority. That's what it means. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach. Now, why would he tell us to go and teach when he talks about his authority? Because we are born again in his spirit and we're in covenant relationship with him. We have that same authority. So he's telling us, go in my name. Okay. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. It's never ending. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Okay, now, first of all, that amen means God, Jesus is saying, and I support this. This is what I want to see happen. That's not us saying amen. That's Jesus saying, amen, so be it, let it be. <laughs> okay, now, verse, verse um, 19, I've always felt, and, and, and I'm going to... Uh, give it double meaning because I can't get away from that and I don't know if that's coming from the Holy Spirit but when it says baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost I've always felt in my spirit that means that you like indoctrinating them into the deity of who our Lord is that you have the understanding so you're baptizing that means you're teaching them and getting them indoctrinated into that although um other commentaries support the fact that that means it's a water baptism. But when you water baptize, you don't water baptize in one name. You water baptize in who the Trinity is, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And that means you have the whole complete Christian faith. Because when you get religions that only focus on one person of the deity, that is a religion. It is not Christianity. Okay, do you understand that? Just because they will say Jesus only, and we know it's only through him that we get born again, but he says in order to go to the Father, you have to come to me. So it's not him only. Okay? Well, you have these uh, church of God only. No, it is no only. It's the three. And if you haven't accepted the three, you don't have the truth. And you don't have the truth that's going to cause to bring you salvation. You have some information, but you don't have salvation, okay? So I will accept it as both, <laughs> to be water baptized in the Trinity and to be saved in the knowledge of who the Trinity is. So this is the great commission that God is giving to all born-again believers to the body of Christ. This is not for um, um, the five-fold ministry, for preachers. 
This is for everyone, okay? And he's saying everything that you have observed and uh, uh, that I've been teaching you, then I'm commanding you to go and to always present this until the world comes to an end. Now, what are you going to be presenting? The word of God. This is why we have to be in the word of God, not just at church when they're, you know, you're being taught, but you have to be at home meditating on the word of God. God will lead you to what he wants you to know and hear at the time that it needs to be heard. And you'll be surprised at things that you will get. You, you know, when you trust in the, in the Lord, he will bring chastisement to you when it's needed. He'll bring correction. He'll bring direction. He'll bring blessings. He'll bring revelation, mysteries. He'll unveil. He wants us to be equipped. And we're only equipped by putting on the word of God, not just by attending, by gathering in a location, and, and, which is a building. Amen? So the problem is the church has been defined as a building location and a culture of people. We are... We are all divided by, by ethnicity, ethnicity, y'all know what I'm trying to say, and denomination. And that is not the plan of the Lord. It's never been the plan of the Lord. He has one church, one body, and that's what he's coming back for. And if you read in Revelation, where he's talking to all of the churches, they're churches of each state, not a bunch of churches in, 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 in one state. <laughs> so when he comes back, he's coming back for all of the churches that are located in Michigan. And so on and so on and so on. And, and even though we're, we have them in different countries, we're all the same. Because there's only one God, one faith, and one Holy Spirit. Okay? And all of this division, and, that, and if you belong to a certain kind of religious practice you can't go to another church do y'all realize how much of an antichrist that is when when all through the bible he talks about one and he and i want you to be one together as me and the father the holy spirit are one i want you to be one in me and one and 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 we come up with all these kinds of of divisions and the problems of, of the problem about this is that those divisions are our major focus and not what Christianity is all about. Without Jesus, the cross, and his blood, there would be no Christianity. It would be nothing but religious sex to keep us in bondage. Religion puts you in bondage. Christianity liberates you. Okay? God sent Jesus to set us free from false worship, religious bondages, and worldviews, from division, sin, and bondages of any type. That's what he sent Jesus for. Don't you find it strange that yet religion is still trying to put you in a form of bondage and keep you ignorant? You know what? It keeps you ignorant of the devices of Satan 
while you're fighting human frailties and stupidity and prejudice. That's not the battle we're here to fight. That's the battle of the world. God sent us here to fight the battle of sin and darkness so that all men can be saved. We, the body of Christ, spend too much time, energy, and thought on issues that causes division among the body of Christ, such as speaking in tongues, rather than the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You're going to major on one of, of, the, of the benefits <laughs> of being infilled with the Holy Spirit. The issue is, are you filled or not? If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, now you can walk in the righteousness that you've been marked with by Jesus' blood. Yeah. That's what's most important. And one of, the, one of the evidence is that you will be able to speak in tongues. Why would you need to speak in tongues? Because you will be speaking in a language that the enemy don't know and don't understand and therefore don't have any control when he gets out there in the air. When he gets out there in the air, then God's angels have it to do what he wants it to do because the enemy can't understand it. Opposed to when you are speaking in your English language that the enemy will twist, turn, and mess up to cause reap havoc in your life. It is a benefit that helps the church rather than for the church, different denominations to be uh, 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 debating and, and, and having conflict over. That is the Antichrist spirit. He don't want you to be knowledgeable of the things of the spirit because then you will operate in the authority and the power that was given to you by Jesus Christ. He'll have us Divided over tithing. Thinking it's about your money. When tithing is about making a sacrifice unto the Lord that is pleasing unto him. God don't need your money. He wants your heart. And he just know the fact that you can't turn it loose. The money has your heart. The, the fact that you, you, you got to debate it and discuss it and weigh it all out before you give him off the top of your earning means it has your heart, not the Lord. Amen. The reason why he wants us to tithe is because he wants the provisions always there to get the gospel out. Amen. And for people to hear the truth 24-7, non-ending, all over the world. Yes. Yes. And without providing for the buildings and to keep them going and to be able to have the, the transportation and the communication to get it out, then how can it get out there? How can they hear when no one is speaking? And no one is speaking because we can't afford it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the, another subject that they, uh, the churches want to debate on about women pastors <laughs> rather than focusing on is the gospel message, the truth getting out. The first messenger of the gospel was a female. 
And in the beginning, churches in the book of Acts that started in homes, a lot of them were females. That is not the issue. It's who has ears to hear and a heart to receive what the, God, what the, the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You see, God uses whom he pleases. It's not up to man. Amen? And, and, and then another issue is how many degrees pastor so-and-so have? Or anybody, because, you know, it's not just in the church, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's a, you, you're not successful unless you have some degrees and you're highly educated. Now, you, you may be morally rotten, morally ignorant, living like a heathen, but because you have a degree and you're educated, you're doing good. Those things are going to fade away. But your soul is going to live in eternity. And what does the decisions that you make to determine what you're going to do determines where your soul is going to live for eternity. And so instead of focusing on degrees, let's focus on the cross of life. Amen. And then three other things that they, we focus on is money, prestige, and power. Money, prestige, and power. When we need to focus on Jesus' sacrifice of his redeeming blood that empowers us to be and to do whatever it is that we need to do that declares us righteous. See, he will supply all of our needs with his riches and glory. He determines who we are, and if we fulfill that, we are prestigious, not about what man says. Amen. 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 And there is no power without the power of God. Amen. Everything else is wicked. The power of God, which then enables us to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling, because the name of the game is salvation. We must desire for all men to be saved. Those other things which has nothing to do with salvation will not have us prepared as brides for the return of Christ. You see, all of those issues, and that's just probably a few of them that I talked about, none of them determines your salvation that we're focusing on. That's what we need to focus on. Salvation. Oh, I just said that should be on salvation of all men and constant prayer. It should be on all men being saved and constant prayer. Now let's go to 1 Timothy 2, famous scriptures. 1 Timothy 2, and of course, we're going to begin with verse 1. And, and this is Paul talking to the, to the body of Christ. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, the very first thing that you need to do, 1 Timothy chapter 2, the very first thing that you need to do <laughs> is come with supplication. Supplication means you're petitioning God's court. We all know that's the highest court in the universe. A supplication is a petition, so you're making requests known to God. 
through, through the power of prayer. Intercession means you're laboring with it until your eyes see the manifestation of what God has already done in heaven here on earth. Okay? And the giving of thanks, in other words, though you haven't seen it yet, you're thanking God because you know he will not fail. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Okay? But look, he's telling us to do this for all men. Not just for your little personal issues, <laughs> but for all men. And for kings, that's government. Any people that are in power, men who are in power. And for all that are in authority, that means a prominent place. So that will cover uh, leaders of the church, households, businesses, your employment. It covers everything that we're going to face in this natural world that holds an office or a prominent place. Your landlord, <laughs> okay? See, we, we, we separate, that's our issue. We separate the world from spiritual things. Well, how can you possibly do that, child of God, when you were born in his image? born of his spirit everything that goes on is spiritual yes, yes. and so when we separated we miss out on the opportunity of living a good life because we don't know how to submit it to God so he can bring the change we're too busy trying to work rearrange finagle or whatever when you don't even have to do that, you're enduring unnecessary stress that he never intended for you to have because he's telling you what to do. First of all, take your petition to him in prayer with intercession, constantly giving it up to him with thanksgiving. For whoever, whomever that is in the way of your progress. He says, you don't have to fight that battle. I got it. Okay. So he says, for kings and all, for all that are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, when we, it reverence, that word honesty means reverence. When we are working it ourselves, that's when problems happen. And, and, and they don't just affect uh, your opponent. They affect you more. Okay? He says, if you let me take care of this, you will come out the winner. He says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. That is God's whole purpose is he desires that all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth will give you a sense of direction of what you to do, when you need to do it, where you need to go, and how to get there. In other words, he wants us, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all, in all means all, not church stuff, in all your ways to acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
He says, whom I will live up, will I desire all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. And that truth is, for there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You cannot get to the Father unless you come through Jesus. There is no other way. That's why Christianity is the only faith. Everything else is religious rhetoric. (laughs) When you think you can go through other forces and other sources to get to the Father, you're out of order. It just doesn't exist. You can only go through Christ Jesus. There is only one man who made that sacrifice to give his body as a ransom for us who shed all his blood and died for us only one and then rose (laughs) with all power all authority and a glorified body and is still living today it's only one those other religions got history and and most of it is in somebody's cemetery And those that don't have a physical history have objects that's going to decay. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. There's only one faith. That's Christianity. You can talk to your complexion change. You can reason until you can't reason no more. The truth is there's only one God, one Lord one faith, one baptism, one Holy Spirit, and without it, you're going straight to hell. There's, there's no debating about that. You, know, you can debate all you want to, but the problem is when you get through debating, you're still going to hell unless you get converted. Let me continue on, verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher, an apostle. This is what Paul is saying. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. In other words, I've been ordained to speak only the truth. Not to come up here and flatter you. (laughs) Not to lie to you to get you to give. Or to hold you in captivity so that you are smitten by my charisma. Ah, glory. Okay, I know that don't sound popular, but Paul said, I'm here for one reason. And he says, and I know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. And we all know that Paul was highly educated. But he says, everything else that I know is dung. And for anybody who don't feel familiar with that Hebrew word, that means waste. The stuff that you know you do in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, he says all of that education is dung compared to knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. And so he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands. Why lifting up holy hands as a form of surrender? 
Lifting up holy hands and on your knees is a form of surrender and, with, and, and also prostrate on the floor. Those are forms of surrender. They're saying, I give it all to you, Lord. I'm through. I, I, I can't do nothing with it. I've tried. It didn't work. Here I am. Have me. Have your way. And not only surrendering, but without wrath and doubting. Okay? That means when you pray, you got to clean the air. So your voice can be heard. So how do we clean the air? Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Not with the priest. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And falling short of your glory. Yeah. And, and then you can start labeling all those little sins. But just in case there's some stuff that you've been doing. Because you've been doing it so long. That you don't realize is sin. Search my heart. Yeah. And reveal to me. The things that are not pleasing in your yeah. sight. Because yeah. he knows our heart. Okay. Free yourself up. So that when you get before him. You can come boldly before him. With your, with your petition. Yes. And not doubting. Yes. What's the purpose of praying if you can't believe? Yes. And, and, and also, how are you going to determine what things God can work with and what he can't work with? Because that's what doubt does. Now, I'll pray about this, but as intercessors, who have learned how to write prayer petitions, and we get up, especially at morning glory prayer, and recite those prayer petitions to the Lord. How is it that you believe God's going to answer those prayer petitions, but he can't heal you, he can't deliver you, he can't come between you and a problem that you're having with a spouse or a family member, you can't believe him for change, you can't... Why are you even praying? Do you think reading those words have more power than your heart believing in them? There is nothing that God can't do. He major in impossibilities. And then you ought to be thinking like, okay, I need this. And when I put the word on it, it's a done deal. You're supposed to be coming out shouting and celebrating the victory before your eyes actually see it. And stop talking that naysay talk. Well, um, I, I don't know uh, if uh, my, y'all know what I'm going there. You're claiming your sickness and your disease. My so-and-so, my so-and-so. But you want to be healed. How, how you going to take claim to something that you're asking God to take away from you? That's a struggle. You're giving it to God. He's trying to take it. You take it back. My so-and-so. Do you realize what you're doing? And I'll tell you something else. When we talk about the, uh, the symptoms of certain things that are bothering us continuously because we're in discomfort or whatever... Let me tell you, when you constantly say those, those ills and those pains, you're telling Satan, have your way. But if you feel it 
and you give it to God and don't speak out, you know, those feelings, then you allow God to have his way to bring the change. That's why I say, you don't hear me talking about pains and discomfort. It don't mean I don't have them. Is that there ain't no sense of me talking about it to you? <laughs> and especially to some of you who I know you ain't standing believing God for your own health. So what makes me think you're going to go beyond point and pray for me? No, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm serious. We got to stop doubting what God can do. There's nothing. Now, he may not always do it, but I, let me tell you what. He has a reason for not doing it, but he's also giving you the grace and mercy to live through it yeah. without suffering. Yeah. 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 So we don't lose one way or the other. We're not going to lose. He allow you the ability. He grace you with the ability to live with some handicaps that you were looking for. Because maybe if he did it, you won't worship him like you were doing while you had it. Paul is an example of that. He knew he was giving Paul so much revelation and understanding that if he didn't have some kind of a thorn in his side, he may, like Lucifer, think he's God. So that kept him humble. And and Paul could could say, nothing bothers me because I have died on the cross. And when you've died on the cross, then all that little petty stuff just goes right over your head. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have let our humanity overrule our righteousness. Yes. I'm going to say that again. We have let our humanity override or overrule our righteousness. The only way to know the difference and to be sensitive to the spirit to know when we are operating in our old broken and human nature is first to humble ourselves by saying, forgive me, God. Reveal the wrong I habitually walk in. I want to be more like Paul and crucify my flesh to the cross so that I am not moved by evil. Pray more about our submission to the Spirit of God, about your own submission to the Spirit of God. Read the Bible to come into the knowledge of truth and verbally surrender your will to God's way and truth that is in the Bible. I'll say that again. Read the Bible to come into the knowledge of truth and then verbally surrender your will to God's way and truth that is in the Bible so that you are able to walk in that truth. Amen. See, that, that truth is not just going to come off those pages and pop up and make you do something. Amen. you got to accept it, receive it, and yield your, all your members over to it. Okay? When the body of Christ... Now think about this. When I say that statement, what are you visualizing? The body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. That means we are his heart, his hands, and his feet that should be about going into the world, making the difference. 
So when we, the body of Christ, come to know the story of the Messiah, when we come to the, to the place of blessing nations, living a redemptive lifestyle, representing God to the world, yes. proclaiming the gospel, becoming one who prays and pray, yes. who is in the world but not of the world, yes. proclaiming the light of Jesus Christ to the world, yes. then we will know who we are because we have come into whom we're supposed to be. This is what a life of Christ is supposed to be about. It is not all about you getting all of your little needs and emotions taken care of and that you always just feeling good. You don't even know when you feel good because when you feel good because Jesus Christ has told you you're good, where you got peace, it's a whole different kind of feeling than that momentary feel good thing that's fleeting, amen. Amen. amen? We need to know who we are, whose we are, why we are, so that we will know why we're here, amen? amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's clear your minds for the benediction. In the name of Jesus, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, traveling mercies as you go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.